0: We're recording. Yes, I have. Welcome to Good Money, everybody. We've got three words uh, to say to you today: abra,
1: Kadabra. and alakazam. Because the, <laughs> this is our money and magic episode. The magic of money, the money of magic. Like there's only so many ways you can.
0: Yeah, I was trying to it. think of more magic words, and I, they just. Didn't come. Now so, we know
1: we know that you all know that money is magical because when you get that fat stack on the street and mm, you put it in your pocket, you
0: feel like you can walk on water. Whoop, whoop,
1: whoop, that's right and so
0: which was the exact feeling that Maccabee says oh, yeah. that the Syrian king felt when all the people obeyed his orders shoot. But he had an army. we have money. But it has the same effect. There's something that's uh, counter-natural about it. This guy. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. That's
1: the end. We've we've made a claim. <laughs> so, Go test it for yourself. So I, I actually, the reason I want to talk about magic is, is a little bit of my own insecurity because, because I remember, I have a very vague memory. Like, I don't really remember my childhood, for instance. Um, mm. I remember it was awesome. So I'm really grateful for that. But my mom gets mad because she says like, you had such a great life and you don't remember any of it. I'm like, but the vibe, the vibe was, (laughs) I was, I was vibing. (laughs) Um, But in particular, I forget our podcasts. I don't know what we've said and this is bad. Um, But I do remember vaguely saying that investment feels like magic. You put some money
0: here, you get some money back. I remember, I think it was a year ago when you told me, I put my money in the bank and I get five percent back every year, yeah. and I said, "Well, not anymore." And you say, "Why?" He asked me why, and I said, "Well, the interest rates went down." Mm. And he said, "What does that have to do with anything?" I did. And then this was like your magical moment, magical moment. Not not actually, the right. phrase. it was
1: probably my de- un-unmagical moment. Yeah,
0: your demagifying moment when you actually figured out how the thing worked. I forgot again, by the way, (laughs) this is the other problem is
1: that it goes in and then it comes out, but, but I do know that it's, it's not a guarantee. Um, when we said that, when we said that there's something magic about it, I realize it could seem a little bit scandalous, right? Because when you're, when you're a Catholic boy, you know, two things, right? You marry a fine Catholic woman and you don't take no truck with magic. I'm talking magic cards. I'm talking Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I'm talking full Satanic Panic Pokemon card. No, I'm just gonna forget that. You just, you just, magic's a bad. It's a big bad thing, um, and I don't care how cool the witches are on TikTok. They're getting the big thumbs down from uh, <laughs> from the good boys, um, but. So there's something scandalous about saying it because obviously people are investing and I don't want them to think like, oh, what are we doing? Are we participating in some kind of magical occultic practice? So what I wanted to do is take some time to actually like really describe what we mean by magic. And yeah. The way in which money and magic are connected because I think they are. Yep. Um, but I think it's not as simple as 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 it might initially sound. Sounds good.
0: So Let's who should we go to? Who is the man who can best describe magic? Houdini. Saint Houdini Saint. of Michigan. Chicago? Where is he from? I'm not sure. Sounds, Say Chicago. Italian. Yeah. <laughs> little Chicago. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, he's probably Might a little be better. an alternative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. De Aquino. Also Italian.
1: Wow. Really? This is crazy. It's amazing. How it We're works. coming in on some, uh, some
0: so, conspiracy stuff here. Saint Thomas talks about superstition divination yep. magic mm-hmm. all in one breath wow underneath the heading of demonology he's a, he's a veritable houdini of theology <laughs> <laughs> and this is when they turn off our
1: podcast <laughs> so he does and his primary discussion of magic is it involves this magic is the separation of cause and effect now sounds pretty simple and I think we know what it means, right? So, like, if I'm there and I draw a circle on the ground and then I burn some sage in the circle, that's the cause. And the effect is that a movie star, someone, an academic personality, say, falls in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an effect that is greater than what's contained in its cause. There would right. be a disproportionate effect. The disproportion between the two
0: boiling frogs <laughs> has never successfully been demonstrated to have anything causally related to the poisoning of your archenemy in Africa. That's
1: right. So the, and this is important, I think, because sometimes, well, maybe not that often, but you can have this idea that you can kind of pair magic and religion on one side, and then like mm. science and rationalism on another side. Mm-hmm. Um, this is straight up dumb.
0: Which is actually what the Bible says. Did you do that on purpose? No. What? That was great. No, I mean, don't, don't you see, like, usually when you, when the scriptures talk about idolatry, yeah. oh. that it's paired with stupidity? Stupidity, yeah. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the idol-worshiping,
1: magic-using people that are considered stupid, um, and it's the faithful who are considered to be
0: intelligent. And the primary reason for that is because they have done this kind of strange thing where the cause is separated from the effect. The sacrifice of this dog will ensure that my crops grow next year. The cutting open of the bird and seeing a tiny gallbladder will mean that we will win the the victory, you know, the battle or whatever. (laughs) The cause and effect are not paired together. And yeah, so to your point, it's magic and proper religion christianity are have to be necessarily in different categories it's like it's like gerard always said we didn't
1: let me get this right we didn't stop burning witches because we invented science we invented science because we stopped burning witches what he means by this is because of the destruction of the idea that cause and effect is some nebulous thing Uh, which happens within Christianity, which posits a reasonable, wise and giving God Mm -hmm. um, that you can no longer have a kind of magical economy that keeps science at bay. That keeps the idea that the world is reasonable at bay. And as much as I don't like the rationalism that sometimes can, can sort of take that too far. I think that's pretty awesome. But the point, Jacob, is that magic is not real. (gasps) Now, don't take this away from me, Mark. It's not just the case that the separation of cause and effect um, constitutes magic. What makes magic appear real is because there always is a real cause that's hidden by the fake cause. And this is what Aquinas talks about, that when you burn that sage and that effect happens, he's not saying that the magic is operative. Like, oh yeah, you separate a cause and effect, but because of magic, it, you know, causes the effect anyways which is basically how sort of naive magicians today think like there's some order of the universe that's secretly arcanely connected and that if you do this you get that and if you burn this it purifies the air of that or whatever um, well i mean purifying the air could actually happen from burning something but that's i meant like purifying <laughs> it of, of bad vibes and such it's all about vibes The point is magic isn't real. What's really happening is magic is the mechanism by which we hide true causes, Mm -hmm. by which man hides true causes, both from himself and from others. So for Aquinas, when he deals with this, he deals with it very simply, that it is demons that actually cause the effects of so-called magic. Right. So when you burn that sage, right, it is not the thing that causes Mm -hmm. someone to fall in love with you, whatever to happen. Um, rather, a demon takes that particular opportunity to cause the effect, yep. right? um, which is an extremely rational view, which is funny because it's certain, you would assume that the ones who are saying it's the demons are the ones being irrational, but they're actually positing rationally the demons against the irrational <laughs> magic.
0: How do you explain the, lack, the the efficacy of a lack of causality? Well, demons, that's the only logical in between. But then there's another side to it as well that he brings up is that there could be a hidden mechanism mm-hmm. that actually is, uh, you know, not apparent to anybody, but is still proven efficacious. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because there is a real cause and effect, yeah, totally. but because there's it's under a veil or shrouded in some sort of mystery. You know, the important thing with that is that demons are still involved he says right. yeah and that's when things get really spooky well yeah because whenever you
1: are so you think about the story in the book of daniel in which there's this god and the god is said to eat a lot and that's why everyone's very impressed yeah. by the god yeah daniel comes in and he's like no god's not real and i'm going to show it to you so the god's not real the just god. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, so he stays in with the idol and then he's he at night the uh, priests of the idol open up a trap door they come they eat all the food that's been sacrificed to the idol and then they leave and uh daniel shows the king footprints um and shows them the trap door and then it's realized oh really what was seen to be a cause and effect was in fact hiding a real cause Mm -hmm. right there's a mechanism for hiding that and obviously that is for the sake of um creating human power over others. I mean, the priests have a real power over the worshipers, right? Yeah. Precisely through this, uh, through this mechanism. Well, the point that you just brought up is that by habituating people into stupidity, right? Into believing that inferior causes can create greater effects. You are creating in them the disposition of, um, unto
0: their own destruction, yeah, I mean, what St. So, Thomas calls yeah. superstition. Like, yeah, that exactly. is superstition. And while the priests in this situation were not superstitious, yeah. they created a population that was and and thus invited demons right, into...
1: Demons, yeah. contrary to popular belief, desire only our destruction. Yeah. And so whenever there is... Why, so you ask the question, well, if it is demons, why do they respond to the signs of magic? The because they see us being perverted. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they they want us to die and go to hell. Mm-hmm. They they want to delude us into thinking we're in partnerships, um, when in fact the only partnership they want with us is that eternal handshake of death. <laughs> and and so when they see us separating cause and effect, right? They see us as on the path to extreme manipulability. We got to think about if there's someone who can believe that through this inefficacious sign they actually achieve an effect, mm-hmm. then they are ripe for all sorts of perversion and destruction. I mean, you can go as far as the Old Testament and say that these are people who can be convinced through power that uh, the sacrifice of their firstborn son is necessary, that should yeah. be done in order to achieve, say, social peace. Right. Or something like that. Um, and on a more mundane level, well, not even more a more mundane level, but it allows... Also, I think, for people to lose the sense of God's order of justice. Right. Yeah, that's exactly, the, they that's exactly right. They yeah. no longer say like, well, if I hurt this person, then it will cause this effect. Or if I poison this stream, then it will cause that effect. The order of cause and effect might sound kind of hoary and academic. In fact, what it is, is it's a rejoicing in and an experience of creation. God's mm. gift of the real to us. Yeah. So when we are accurately reflecting that in our lives. We're saying, God, your creation is where I want to live. I want to live in the world where water freezes at this temperature because you're wild and you made it that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whereas with with magic, it says, it says what is given is not necessarily what is, right? Once you put someone in that Mm -hmm. position where, where creation itself is in doubt, God's in doubt, then it makes them
0: extremely manipulatable and you can pretty much make them do anything ironically because at that point they have thought of themselves as creators this this universe is something that i can then change from the way that it was given gifted yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that you know to try and bring this to a conversation back to money um it's this is really important on quite a number of fronts in a previous podcast we talked about how the money economy is situated on top of the gift economy. They're not two separate types of economy. The only way that a money economy could ever exist is if you had that basis in gift and gift giving. Right. But the more that we are habituated and our exposures are attuned to the use of money as a as a very raw exchange of one thing equated for another or the gift of money Answering for all things, as Ecclesiastes says, we think of that as the cause of all effects.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's, I think magic, and this is, this is part of the conundrum, magic operates on a sort of sliding scale. Mm-hmm. And it's not the case that the use of money is magic, period. Mm-hmm. Because we can have a real knowledge of cause and effect in our use of it, right? So I can take $10, I can understand why the $10 is worth $10, what that means. I can give it to someone, they can invest it or whatever, and I know the company they invest in, and I understand what that company does. I can have, I can trace, well, this cause this, cause this, cause this, within the order of creation. right? Right. I can do that. But imagine then taking it a little bit further right i'm not saying suddenly i go from that to like i push button and i get money right which would be a more magical experience but you can see how this can be sort of rubbed away yeah where you could have all right i'm investing in a company and i don't know exactly what they're doing but i know they're doing something
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and sure hope it's good and not evil so then you're not i'm not saying you're performing a magical act now like you're not you didn't just do a hex right but you're approaching a hex Yeah, a little bit more closely because you are ignorant of um, the relation between the cause and the effect to a greater degree. And then you could be even more ignorant, right? You could say, I don't even know what companies I'm investing in. I'm just giving my money to this stockbroker, this agency. Um, They're going to invest it for me, right? But still, you're not doing magic because you have at least the knowledge that something real is happening. Mm -hmm. But you could go even so far as to not even recognize what... um, the mechanisms are. You know, if someone just says, Hey, put money in here and it will, and this is what I thought about banks. Yeah. Especially <laughs> as a young child, I thought, Well, you put money in banks and it kind of multiplies. And I guess at most I thought it was sort of like a nice incentive they gave you to put their money in the bank, but not knowing why. Like, yeah, we'll multiply it a bit for you. It's like, Thanks, bank. <laughs> um, that was actual magical thinking in the sense of the, I didn't even question how that could happen. I just thought, well, that's, there's a, there's a cause and it's an effect. And I don't understand how one does the other and they don't seem commensurate. Like, right. So you can have, you can have magical thinking, but I want to make this caveat that while, so, so well, not the caveat, not yet. I want to make the claim first. Mm-hmm. And then I walk it back with the caveat. I see how that and, works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is just that money is extremely helpful in creating the magical disposition, right? Because it enables us fundamentally to achieve effects without necessary knowledge of their causes. Yep. Yeah. It's not it's not like a necessary thing as if you use money you become a magician. But it is something that especially on a large social level mm-hmm. tends people to the disposition of not dealing with the real and not knowing cause and effect
0: yeah i have no idea why the toilet is broken but i know if i pay a plumber 80 bucks he'll come and we'll fix it sure yeah you know i mean i think that's even part of the level of i don't need to spend the time with it Mm -hmm. because i can just have somebody else do it that it breeds ignorance in a certain regard i mean we've kind of talked about this before in, in a different capacity where love only uh, where love lacks, money makes up, or mm-hmm. money takes a place of, of of failing loves, but it also takes a place of knowledge yeah. in real ways, yeah. and so it does lull us into being able to skip steps. And in a sense, you will take something that is absolutely reasonable in and in a real, I mean, just absolutely reasonable, and yet we begin to think of it no longer in cause and effects. Direct cause and direct effects, but is uh, ignoring all the mediating cause and effects and just see the beginning and the ending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do think that leads us to the abstract and to the unreal. And, and the other
1: thing it leads us to is the deification of mere mor- mortals. So mm-hmm. when we talk about the rich, we tend to talk about them as having like some kind of different nature to other people. Dude, totally. And it's precisely what you said because there seems to be this great power in. Getting rid of all the mediating cause and effects and just having the money and the thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was a headline the other day that said that Bill Gates is creating sun dimming technology. That was just amazing.
1: Yeah. He wants to dim the sun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it is like at the level of demagoguery at that point. Like he is able to control nature in ways the rest of us aren't. And I mean, just hearing the. And then you have to kind of walk through the steps again. but Right. There's like
1: thousands of people involved. There's like thousands of already existing technologies involved. I mean, like what, and this is the caveat. I think that what we know as a Christian people, Mm -hmm. whether we would or would not, is that there's always some mechanism at work, Mm -hmm. right? Whenever, no matter how magical it appears. Yeah. So our knee jerk reaction is to look for the smoke and mirrors. Like what Daniel did yep. for that God, I think is still in America and Europe at least, it's still our sort of automatic reaction. If if it appears that someone is doing something greater than the cause, it's because something is hidden.
0: Yep. Right? Absolutely. And I want to
1: find the mechanism. I'm gonna find find out what it is. And I yep. and I,
0: I just think that's a great gift. It's a great instinct and I think that was only given by Christianity, by right. the church. Yeah, then that's that's
1: controversial to say the least as as a claim.
0: Yeah, but I think that's right. I bet you know, I bet it's out there. Oh yeah. When they separate cause and effect. No, I'm kidding. Um, No, I but I, I think history does speak to that, and even still, if you go to unevangelized regions they are far more superstitious i mean it's unbelievable what i find in the middle east and such or it's just like nobody ever would believe that no atheist in the in the western world would ever believe that because there's not the there's not the thumbprint of christianity on it um well so practically yeah i mean this this argument has uh some legs that will carry us into the next episode but Mm -hmm. practically on this what do we do
1: Well, I mean, I think that what's really great is that we've already expressed in the first rule of money, Mm -hmm. the cure to the magical use of money, which is know what every dollar is for. Once you have an understanding of money as a tool and really just being a tool um, and try, try to divorce it spiritually from the idea of creating a kind of empty store of power, you really dissolve those ways in which you can see it as essentially magical right like it is something that's for something else that alone means it's not it, it it's limited in what it can achieve mm-hmm. and i think that's that's really important yep i i like how i say that's really important when i run out of things to say it's like <laughs> suddenly i'm worried about whether what i said was important so i just end with thing. and that's important
0: but i'm convinced now that it was <laughs> i wouldn't have if you hadn't ended it that way a lot of podcasts it's just funny how often people say that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I think I think there's another side to it too, and we can talk more about this next time. But I think there's something about uh, decomplicating things that's actually important. Now, this is not a luddite call or anything like that. Uh, this is a money podcast. We're not talking about basic, you know, those technologies. We're, I, but I think there is something important into knowing exactly where your money is investing. So this is, I guess, the same point, but practically. What, what what funds are you investing in? What are those companies? What are they doing? How are they doing it? I think that there is something um, profound in when Christ calls us to love God with all our mind that we are called universally to be students. Uh, we can't get around it. School just never ends for the Christian life. Uh, and to be able to sit and learn and to think through what it is that we are doing, and what we our energies are going towards, uh, is is absolutely essential. So I would I would say fight magic, and uh, as best you can, and in 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 a real sense. And this is this is no slight thing. We are actually taking the time for this because it's it's terribly important. Is that when Saint Thomas says that through mechanisms that we know have some cause and effect that we're at least hit, but hidden from that is in a is still invoking demons that is still in a sense tempting them to tempt us hmm. and so this, this is the reason why it's so vigilant and why it's you know worthwhile for us to sit down and talk about
1: yeah and it does seem that um our world Is one in which the disposition is increasingly a disconnection between cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Um, So you consider the whole social world, we can increasingly operate technologies that are deliberately predicated on us not knowing how they worked. Why did this news story come up into my newsfeed? Why when i move my thumb this way does the phone open mm-hmm. now we do have that kind of beautiful christian prevention of idolatry that says well it's always someone there's always there's always a mechanism of power behind this it's not magic magic's not real mm-hmm. right but we are being pushed into that direction yeah. because the the goal of technology is increasingly to create and the goal of money is to increasingly create a seamless Um, experience between the action and then the effect of the action Mm -hmm. even though there's a whole number of payments being made in between of technologies developed by particular men that are sustained by them i mean think about using a phone you're you're actually activating an incredible number of powers between electricity and internet connection and the power of uh advertising and your attention and everything else that makes the phone a profitable thing in your pocket Mm -hmm. i mean it's wild how much, yeah, is well, the degree to which we are tending towards a culture of um of just a lack of knowledge, yeah. foolish culture, yeah, and I hope I pray that there isn't an idol at the end of it, um, mm-hmm. but I worry that after a certain degree of habituation, we would
0: be ready for for yeah. new gods, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, more to come on this and and prophecy and predictability, something that we think that money allows and that economics as a science relies upon and remember burn the interior witch or you'll end up
1: being so foolish as to burn witches wow
0: that was beautiful was it nope good money thanks for joining us